This is exactly right. Welcome to I Said No Gifts. I'm Bridger Weiniger. Here we are at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, I'm coming in with a new energy that I don't like. I don't know what I'm doing with my voice right now or how I'm communicating with you, the listener, and I apologize. So I think this is just a result of waking up 20 minutes earlier than usual today, which has thrown off my rhythm entirely. I've tried napping twice. The caffeine consumption is all over the map. I haven't had dinner. I've had a third of a granola bar. Please bear with me. I'm glad you're here. I hope you're not involved in any illegal activity or committing a crime. But if you are, I hope this podcast is, you know, keeping you, keeping your cool and allowing you to commit the crime in a way that you won't be caught and you'll be able to get whatever you need. Okay, here we are. It's the beginning of the podcast, as I said before, so we should introduce the guest. I love the guest. I think the guest is so funny, and you're going to love the guest. It's Chris Garcia. Chris, welcome to I Said No Gifts. Hey, Bridger. Thank you for having me. I, for one, love this energy. You sound <laughs> kind of like an heir from the 20s or something. It sounds very <laughs> like you're friends of the Great Gatsby. It's a nice energy, and I think you wear, you wear it well. You wear it quite well. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so happy to have you. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I usually wake up about seven o'clock, and today I think I woke up at 6:30 and it the way the effect it's had on my entire personality uh just the way I've operated throughout the day it's been chaos from beginning to end so it's nice to see someone who's you seem like you're in a in a better place than me right now <laughs> maybe we'll see we'll see about that what have you what have you been doing with your day uh, well, jeez, I woke up, let's see, I woke up at 710 today. So okay, uh, that's not a competition, <laughs> but a competition. I got an extra 40 minutes. Uh, you know, <laughs> I rode the Peloton for an extra five minutes than I usually do. That I've 10 been minutes. So that's uh, actually 20. <laughs> <laughs> I came, so I have that type of, I, I feel like it's kind of changed my energy today to do uh, five ex- extra minutes on this low impact ride that I did today. And then, um, you know, just wrote and, um, uh, hung out, have a new baby, hung out with the baby a little bit. And, uh, that's about it. No- nothing too crazy. Nothing too crazy. This sounds like a lovely day. And I, I'm, I, we've got two things I already want to discuss. I want to discuss the Peloton. I want to discuss the new baby. Let's start with the exercise. <laughs> what I have yet to be on one of these machines. How long have you had yours? I've had mine for about a year, maybe two years now. No, maybe a year and a half. I'm losing track of time. A year and a half. Got it at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, They were on back order, so it took six months. So I'm saying it's uh, not this past summer, but the summer before that. Okay. And has it been an enjoyable purchase? 
you know, it's been hanging close a lot and it's been, <laughs> I was really excited about it. Like it was going to be like a life changing thing. I've yet to accomplish, I think my hundredth ride, which is not like I use it very much, but in the last two weeks I've resolved to use it more. And so I'm getting back on it and it's been, uh, I'm going doing three or four rides a week and it's been, Ooh. it's been okay. Just getting a little exercise has changed my uh, mental health for the better, I would say. Right. And so a thing with the Peloton for me is I have no idea where in my home I would put it. Where <laughs> Where are you keeping yours? Um, right here uh, between uh, We're getting our a bed and the wall. Oh, uh, my God. It was in the room the whole time. I feel like it's been room. eavesdropping. <laughs> yeah, it's listening in. <laughs> uh, it also got you a gift. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's definitely not a sexy place for a Peloton is in your bedroom. <laughs> Uh, but we have a small place and we're working, we're working with it. Yeah. It kind of may, I feel like anytime you see a Peloton ad, it kind of is in the bedroom, but maybe I'm wrong. That does, it feels like a place you would put it. I mean, you don't want it in the living room. Like, I, I mean, unless you're someone who has just so many rooms that they can just throw exercise equipment into a random room, <laughs> yeah, you've yeah, got to yeah. kind of make a choice of it being kind of this bike that's just sitting in the middle of a room at shouldn't occupy gotta write better jokes before i get a peloton room i think i gotta <laughs> really for that but yeah eventually you're gonna have that room and you're gonna have just a whole line of pelotons to choose <laughs> yeah, from yeah, I have my own studio <laughs> i have my own studio it'll be fun now when you're on this bike do you listen to your own music or is it like are they deciding on the music I'm at the mercy of the Peloton instructor, which could go either way. And I always for, forget to check. So I was, uh, I got a uh, two red hot chili pepper and an uncle cracker the oh, other day. Which, that's Jack and, FM. Yeah, that's very Jack FM. And it was torturous, but I have decided that I'm not going to change. Once I get on the bike, I'm not changing the, like, the ride. I'm just going to stick to it as almost like, uh, you know, an exercise in mental toughness. So uh, I've done that ride. I also did Christmas music last week by accident and I just sat through it <laughs> oh, and no. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to play it as it lies and I'm going to do that. But sometimes the Peloton instructors are like wannabe DJs and DJs are bad enough, but someone that wants to be a DJ and they, <laughs> they can play some pr pretty terrible stuff. And for some reason I haven't been listening to my own music. I think I'm just trying to let go. Right. And it's like I'm a, a person that rides a growing bike. as a person, allowing someone <laughs> yeah, else yeah. to make that choice for you. Yeah. Uh, the Christmas one is the Peloton instructor dressed in like Christmas clothes. Yeah, uh, no, that's Santa? why I fell for it. Uh, it was called a stocking stuffer or something. And I was like, I, I didn't really even pay attention to it. But that's <laughs> not like the preview, like the like the little image had like an elf on it or anything. I, I was, That would have tipped me off, but I should have known by it. No, it's called a stacking stuffer stuffer. And I was like, I don't even know what this means. What and I was like, oh, <laughs> stacking stuffer. Well, I guess it's a ride you could stack with other rides. And I was like, oh, Ugh. no. And what what sort of Christmas? Are they playing like Bing Crosby or is it like high energy? No, pretty much Bing Crosby. <laughs> like it's, not, it's like you're just walking around the Americana, but you're trying to get trying to lose a couple LBs uh, just walking around the fountain. Yeah. Oh, that sounds deeply distressing. I music <laughs> yeah. when I'm working, like I go to a gym once a week and sometimes the music is. I feel like they're putting it on to like convince me to beg I, like they're 
moments where I'm like, if I paid you more, would you stop playing this music? Like, th- like last time I was there, there was like a metal cover of Lady Gaga's Bad Romance. It puts you <laughs> oh, no. in the worst possible mood. And I'm already feeling bad. I'm already kind of angry that I'm even there. It's, it, it's a real pushing you to your emotional limit. Well, first, I have to say that I have trouble believing that you only go to the gym once a week with that jawline, sir. But um, <laughs> also, I think they're trying to push you to your limit. They're trying to break you to, to move weight around. I think that's what it is. I think they're trying to just drive me away. I think that's probably the... <laughs> whatever. Okay, so we've talked about the Peloton, and now you've got a new baby. How old's the baby? One year old. One year oh. and three days. A uh, uh, boy yeah, or a girl? Ch- girl. Oh, how sweet. How has this year experience been for you? I really like it. Uh, we've been uh, home anyway for the last year, so it's it's felt really nice to hang out with this little kid and uh, get to know her. So, like, no, no complaints for me. I didn't know whether I was going to like it or not, and I just completely really love it. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what I expected you to say. Oh, it's been awful. It's it been is. a... <laughs> <laughs> what was I thinking you were going? Don't, how would you... Well, I'm glad you asked, Bridger. I wish I could send her back. Uh, no, what a what a little piece of garbage this kid is. That's really destroyed our lives. No, uh, just a sweetie little kid. I really love her. It's really it's really nice. And uh, yeah, that's an interesting uh, because you had. I mean, the baby was born in the real depths of the pandemic. Yeah, right in the depth. We decided, uh, you know, at the very beginning of the pandemic, we we were going to try anyway. We were like, let's let's try to do this. And you never know how long it's going to take. And I guess we forgot that I'm Latino because she and my wife got pregnant like in a month. And it was like, and we kind of knew it like when it happened. We not not to uh, be TMI, but like we were. We were trying to do this, and one night we were doing it, and it was fun. We had a great time, and we <laughs> finished right at like 7.59, and I know this because at 8 p.m., everyone walked outside and started hitting pots and pans for like frontline workers, but we had completely <laughs> forgot, and we had just oh like my kind God. of collapsed on top of each other, and all of a sudden it was like clack, 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 and I was like... <laughs> I think that might be our baby. And um, it totally was our baby. Like, it just totally was. And I was like, wow, we, someone, the neighborhood is rooting for us. <laughs> that is incredible. <laughs> yeah. What a way to be conceived. I hope she's, <laughs> I, I mean, you're going to have to tell her that story over and over. I'm sure she'll be thrilled <laughs> yeah, to hear she'll it. She'll love it. She'll love it. <laughs> wow, what an incredible, I forgot about the uh, banging of pans and pots. That's uh yeah, it just happened in that two-month window when people were still doing that, you know? Right. And so, yeah. Oh, that really just... Uh, just memories of the last two <laughs> years. I just have been kind of burying them as as well as I can, and it's always a shock to hear some little reminder of early pandemic. Yeah. Uh, what else has been going on? I mean, that's about it, you know, just excited to get back out there. I've been pretty locked. I don't know about you, but I've I've been pretty locked down for like a couple months and it feels like things are opening back up. Yes. And it feels very nice. We saw some friends last weekend. We allowed them inside the house. It was <laughs> it was crazy. It really felt like and we were such social people and to be locked down has been so treacherous. But it's been really it, like 
I don't know, it's a little brighter later in the day. It feels like things are moving in a nicer direction. So I don't know. I've been in like a better mood the last week, I'd say, once it feels like this is hopefully we're, you know, could, could see our friends more and stuff now and, and even perform yeah, comedy I, more. I, don't, I mean, I just can't imagine another wave of something. <laughs> I, I think I've done as much as I humanly possible. Let's let's move on. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> sick of it. It's just so awful. Uh, do you go like do you go on drives? Do you do anything to get out of the house? Not really. I mean, I walk the dog, which is fun. Uh, How long have you had the dog? <laughs> we got the dog the first day of lockdown. Uh, like, <laughs> you got her uh, seven sixty nine. Yeah, yeah. We got her then, and then. Um, She's uh, just a, a really sweet dog, but completely a pandemic dog. And we had no idea that we were going to have a baby right away. So we feel pretty bad for her. And she's come around. And Was she initially all... kind of apprehensive about the baby? Yeah, she was. I mean, one day we couldn't find her and turned out, and she was under the couch facing the wall like she was <laughs> suicidal. And so we had that was we were a little worried about her. But now they get along great, like the baby and the dog, like they seek each other out and oh, the baby wonderful. is gentle with her and pets her and the dog, you know, licks her hand. It's it's really sweet. But at the beginning, I was like, no, what have we done to this poor dog? <laughs> and uh, she's just just a real sweetie what uh, kind of dog is she you know we paid for a really bad <laughs> my wife's dad uh a little bit of a cheapskate and uh for christmas we're like can we get a dna test you know of this dog we think she's a cattle dog basenji mix because she's kind of shaped like a cattle dog and has the face of a basenji and she doesn't bark and these are all traits of uh basenji and then um the place we fostered the dog from said she was a cattle dog but according to this, she's like um, Chihuahua and a Dachshund and something else. But mm -hmm. it's definitely a bad company. Like, it's like <laughs> this is definitely just a real hoopty bootleg uh, dog <laughs> DNA test thing. And I think it's ridiculous to spend money on that. I think that's why we kind of asked for it as a gift. Right. But if you pay $30 for this thing, you're going to get a $30 answer. And that's what we got. We're like, oh, it was no $30? <laughs> yeah, it was like $30. It was like the it cost like of a stamp. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's like thirty. Put in a self-addressed envelope and one stamp, and they're like, send us a picture. You're like, that's not a good sign. Uh, <laughs> like you, you know, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Do you have a dog? Uh yes, and we did one of those tests as well. Uh, I think uh, I don't know. Ours was maybe eighty dollars. So. Also, how much is one of these even supposed to cost? <laughs> yeah. It's not like I'm out there uh, window shopping for dog DNA tests. So I, I truly have no idea what to expect as far as payment goes. But they told us she's all American Bulldog, which oh, wow. we had no idea. We thought that she was like a pit bull or a boxer or some mix. But apparently she's an American Bulldog. But again, could be a full lie. It's <laughs> yeah, impossible yeah. to say. All these things could be completely lies. Yeah, I mean, they have your name. They could easily just get on your Instagram and find the picture of the dog and pay, you know, some poor person to just, like, pick guess, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a wheel they have. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she's, been, she's also very quiet, which is incredible. She's not a barking dog. 
and that's made her very easy for me to love. And not that I don't love a barking dog. I love a yapping dog, but that's probably because I don't live with any. Yeah, my ours is barely ever barks. Maybe if there's a squirrel situation going on or like, you know, people just walk up to the door. She does not bark. And I find it very soothing. It's very nice. She's just cuddly and no barking. We locked out. Did you have dogs growing up? We did have dogs growing up and um i had a dog named freeway that we found at the on the freeway (laughs) i got to name the dogs um i had a dog named poodle that was a german shepherd that i got to write its name on the doghouse and i wrote the word puddle my parents were very nice they just let me do whatever (laughs) and then we had a dog named magic and uh magic was a sweet uh, like a a sweet dog, uh, who's I think um, she was like some sort. Oh no, she was a golden retriever. She was a nice dog. What's your current dog named? Holly. Holly. Oh yeah. Well, we were watching The Outsider, and Holly is the name of one of the characters who has like a gash on the back of her neck. And so when we went to go, um, we went to go foster a dog. They told us, um, they're like, here's this uh, beautiful black dog named Mackie. I think you guys would be a perfect, uh, you know, this dog would be perfect for you. And um, and we show up and that dog, Mackie, beautiful dog, is leaving with someone else. And then we walk in and uh, I was like, oh, I think we're here for Mackie. And the lady was like, sorry, uh, we just gave Mackie away. But we have this like shaking, scary dog with a huge wound (laughs) on its neck. And I and I was not prepared for this. And I was like, what? It's like actively bleeding and not that i didn't i didn't want to help this dog but i was expecting this like beautiful black dog mm-hmm. that you kind of you see in like a patagonia catalog or something and it was this this little kind of shaky dog with a huge wound on its neck and uh you know the wound reminded us of this dog holly and it turns out we stayed with this dog and we didn't know that she would have her period as soon as she got home and she was on her period <laughs> and she was bleeding from her neck and there was a lot of blood <laughs> but it really didn't matter to us because she was such a sweet dog. And it was like the right thing to do. We were like, we'll keep this dog. We're foster. We'll show it to other people. But within like a day, we're like, oh, can maybe we should just adopt this dog because oh, she's just so a sweet. little sweetie pie. Wait, where was this open wound from? What What is this place? We have no idea. I mean, they found her on the streets of Highland, which is like maybe on the way to Idlewild or like joshua or like palm strings it's like this town and um i like to say i growing up as a, a latin man in the hood i like to say this dog was definitely a hood rat <laughs> i was like this dog had never been inside this dog may have been chained to something i don't oh. know but uh we have nursed her back to health and she is the sweetest uh sweetest little dog yeah oh that's such a nice thing to hear i mean Sure. Okay, that's nice, but I do need to talk to you about something else, which I don't find so nice. I uh, I will say I was kind of prowling around your neighborhood recently. It was around, I don't know, I was on my way to dinner, and I thought, maybe I'll see what's happening at, around Chris's house. So I was kind of <laughs> darting through the shadows and, uh, you know, just pr- doing my general prowl. And I was, so I was a little surprised to have that upset when I came upon your door and I looked to my left, and there was a little bag hanging there. And I, you know, I thought, what could this possibly be? Is this 
for me. Chris couldn't have possibly left this for me. Uh, but I took it anyway. And then I went to dinner and I thought I will deal with that. Uh, I'll confront Chris on the podcast and just see what game he's playing now. And so I, now I currently have this little adorable, let's say it, let's just say it, absolutely adorable pink bag with kind of a hologram balloon that says baby. And now hearing that you have a baby and that I just kind of took this off your porch, I hope I haven't stolen something for your, from your child. Uh, Chris, is this a gift from me? Uh, yeah, it has nothing to do with my child. I uh, actually have this bag custom made for you. I, I just <laughs> thought it would be wonderful. I was like, I think Bridger, I think a hologram, uh, this, this hologram with the word baby on it is exactly it. So, um, it had a custom made, it has nothing to do with my baby daughter or her one-year-old or one her like first birthday that just happened. I just really thought, um, her, we wrapped all her gifts in camo. Uh, but for, I was like for Bridger, this would be a perfect bag. Uh, no, yeah, we repurposed this bag and I, I'm giving it to you. It's a beautiful bag. I mean, it is, uh, perfect for a baby and I'm happy to be, you know, kind of identified as a baby <laughs> and so uh do you want me to open it here on the podcast i can wait till another day it's really <laughs> up to you i mean i'd say open it okay fine uh let's get into <laughs> it here i'm gonna reach in there's okay now within the bag there's another bag a plastic bag so and this bag says thank you for shopping with us Okay, I don't know where it came from, I, um, but it's definitely a plastic bag. And I'm going to reach into this part. Listen to that crunch. Listen, wow. Yeah, listen to that crunch. Okay, now I'm going to reach in even further. <laughs> that crunch. And, and, <laughs> okay, I've opened, it's a bottle of Augustine Reyes Royal Violet's baby cologne it's a purple bottle of a, a liquid that is apparently a cologne for babies <laughs> yes that's... chris what's what's happening here <laughs> well um this was a gift uh for my baby from my mother um which is a agustin reyes a type of um just very traditional cuban uh baby cologne which <laughs> if you ever wonder what culture will raise someone into becoming Pitbull one day. You might want to, you may, maybe it's because he's been wearing cologne since a baby. But um, I am certainly not putting this on our baby. And so I thought I would maybe just give it to you and see if maybe you would have a stab at it or, or what, you, what you really think about this baby cologne. I want to smell this. Oh, that's, I mean, that's absolutely a cologne. It does smell like, I mean, it's not like you would, you would put this on an adult man. This is like, if you smelled a baby that smelled like this, you would think that they were a gigolo or something. Yeah, this is a man out on the prowl. And uh, <laughs> my mother wants to put that on her uh, one-year-old uh, daughter, which I, apparently <laughs> I wore it. And then my uh, my um, nieces and nephews who are older now, who are my mom's other grandkids, we've all worn this Cuban baby cologne. So um, is, it, is there just one type of baby cologne? 
there's a couple competitors. Okay. It's, they, they don't have the total uh, market uh, cornered, but this is probably the most popular. I would say it's the Dracar Noir of, <laughs> of the, the baby cologne market. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's it really has a really strong smell. I thought it would smell more like violets or something. Right. Um, it smells more like... Um, Maybe like one of those massage chairs in a car wash. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> yes, totally. It really smells like, wow, this is smells like a little bit like a DJ Khaled or some real like machismo. I noticed this before. I wanted to take a good look at it before I gave it to you. But if you take a look on the back, um, there's a, it says a couple things. Back yes. There. This, okay. So it says, enjoy the clean, mild, and long-lasting fragrance of royal violets. Celebrating more than eighty-five years, it is a, <laughs> it is truly a modern classic. And then, uh, keep out of reach of small children, which I feel like goes against everything this product is. <laughs> uh, avoid contact with the eyes. Uh, <laughs> external use only. Okay. Flammable until dry, which is. <laughs> A rough thing to hear about something you're spraying on your baby. Uh, hopefully your baby's not smoking when you're spraying them. And, I mean, uh, if, if you put that on your kid, you're, you're probably actively smoking yourself. <laughs> like, it's not a great... You know, it's like, oh, wow. So your mom would put this on you as a baby? Yeah, apparently I would wear it as a baby. She had given it away um, as gifts before I was in... Um, I was in first grade and I went to um, this boy's birthday party and, um, you know, my parents, I love them. They're amazing. But as immigrants, they don't really always know the culture or the rules or stuff like that. So I go to my classmate. uh, His name was Marwan Mualam. We go to his birthday party, which is at like a McDonald's playground type of thing. Right, right. And uh, Marwan's opening his gifts and, you know, there's like G.I. Joe's and Transformers and then finally (laughs) fucking Royal Violets for my mom. And it was like, I remember being, they're like, oh, thanks. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Purple cologne for uh, for a six year old boy. Um, It's just kind of crazy. Like, uh, I don't know. I. I would get it if it smelled good or something, but like the thing is, is that <laughs> babies already smell good. Like yeah, they're babies, very, like naturally nice smelling creatures. Yeah, it's like an actual um, evolutionary adaptation that babies smell good, so we want to keep them around and protect them. And my mom's like, "Fuck that! <laughs> <laughs> my want, I want this baby to smell like you know." Yeah, like DJ Khaled on the prowl. Like this baby's trying to attract people at the club or asking let's get for this baby a wife. <laughs> yeah, let's get this baby a wife. <laughs> Which is uh just ridiculous. And do you have siblings? Uh yeah, I have an older sibling. She's uh 12 years older and I don't think, you know, she grew up in Cuba for the first couple years of her life, so I oh, think she okay. kind of missed the royal violets phase i think royal violets is actually like a miami cuban invention i'd have to check on that but it, it seems feels like a very, miami right it does feel very a deeply miami. miami thing to do yeah a deeply v-neck miami type of thing <laughs> is to have this type and but that's just kind of how i think my mom is very like you should have to put you should, my you should 
Sunny's her name. She doesn't really have any hair up top. She has like long blonde hair in the back. And so she is mistaken for a boy all the time. And I don't care. Um, but it makes a big it's a big deal to my mom. She's like, you should put a bow in her hair. People have to know she's a girl. When oh, no. we came home from the hospital, her first question was like, where's her earrings? And <laughs> And I'm like, what? She's like, they will do it in the hospital. And I'm like, what? Are Is you that serious? true? They will. Our P- our, like, we have a pediatrician and she um, she has like a whole display case of <laughs> like different colored studs that you can put a, in a baby's ear. And then it's my mom Claire's was like. Claire's Hospital. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, St. Claire's, you know, St. Claire's. <laughs> um, and uh, she. uh I don't know. She was like, I can get a lady to come to the house. And I'm, like, I'm certainly not doing that, mom. And then <laughs> it's just, I, I think, I don't know. I, I don't think it's very respectful to the child. I think they should probably determine that's a choice that she should make for herself when she wants to get her ears pierced. If right. it's like, you know, and then, yeah, because she's bald on top and has a big, long flowing bald mullet, she would just look like Hulk Hogan or like the Tiger King or something. Like she would look like some sort of like hillbilly minor league pitcher or something, you know? And I'm like, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just think she's okay how she is. And, uh, my mom pesters me nonstop about this. Like she'll text me about it. And so, oh, and then she also like bugged us about the baby cologne and, my wife being a nice Midwestern girl who's like all, and she's also very into like all natural stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, she's like, we are absolutely not putting this on our baby. And I'm like, but we have to, like, we have to put this on our baby. Like I'll spray her from far away. We just won't light any candles or smoke anything. Like we'll just keep her. We'll just hope that she doesn't combust and we'll lightly miss the baby from far away so that my mom it's worth it to do that so we don't hear the wrath of my mom and so we did it and then my mom didn't even notice and she hasn't even asked rude (laughs) yeah i know so rude i mean i guess you could just spray all the baby clothes and then move on and then you know give it to me but now (laughs) yeah i mean i i'm actually very much on your mom's side here i love a baby with earrings it gives them a nice professional look it looks like they're ready for the workplace A baby with pierced ears and Dowson cologne. I can't think of anything better. <laughs> what a jolt to the senses. Uh, but uh, you do you. It's not my baby. <laughs> That's so funny. She's ready to lead a, a TEDx conference or something. <laughs> she, is, she is here and she means business. <laughs> she is at the Holiday Inn. She is on this business trip. She's expensing dinner. Okay. Do, are you a cologne wearer yourself? Um, no, no, not at all. Um, I did I go? Did I ever go through a phase? Even in like you know when you're like right after college and you're kind of an idiot. Like I remember, <laughs> like I, I would order like a sapphire tonics or something. I don't know. Like when you're like I'm a I'm an independent uh, post college person. No, but I don't think I've ever I've never owned cologne. I've had it gifted to me, but I I've never worn it. Okay. And you grew up in LA? Is that true? Yeah, I grew up here in Los Angeles. Okay. What? uh, I love Cuban food, but I don't understand where to get it in Los Angeles. Is it even possible? Um, There's a really great place in Silver Lake called El Cochinito. Oh, I've been to... I do love that place. Uh, That place is great. They... um, 
you know, Silver Lake and Echo Park used to be very, there used to be a lot of Cubans in the neighborhood and this uh, restaurant's been there forever. And it's recently, recently been like handed down um, to the kids of the owners and they've just done a really great job. And I think they recently bought Cafe Tropical as well, which is oh, also no in Silver Lake. Yeah. And they make really great coffee and pastries and stuff. But I, I just really love that place. Um, there's a place in North Redondo Beach uh, where I used to work like um, in co- when I was home from college in the summers called Havana Mania, um, which is I think it was like a former cook at Versailles or something, which is like the famous Cuban place. And there's one on Pico. Um, he started his own place uh, with his son and that's Havana Mania, which is, it's pretty good. It's legit. And um, okay. just really good roast pork, um, banana, you know, fried bananas, beans, all that stuff. Really good. Fried oxtail. If you're into that. Oh, I, I love oxtail. Delicious. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I went to Miami for the first time a few years ago and my only goal was to eat Cuban food. and because it was the most bizarre trip I possibly could have ever imagined going on, I did not get to eat any Cuban food until I was <laughs> I made the desperate move to have it at the airport, and it was devastating. Oh, did you go? I guess it must have been Versailles or something. They have a place at the airport. Was it any good? Was it terrible? It was awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it felt like my one big chance, so I don't know. You know, Cuban food in... Miami is probably better than it is in Cuba because of the access to ingredients and spices and stuff. Um, but I just, I'm not a Miami person. Like I right, was, right, right. my dad is such like, he's not flashy. Like he's not an earrings, jewelry, cologne guy. My dad um, d- didn't even consider mo- moving to Miami. And he said, he was like, I don't like Miami because I like books. Like, like he, really, <laughs> he really thought it was like not classy. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Miami's fine. I Let know a lot burn. of Miami, Miami Cubans will get mad at me for me not liking it. But it's just, uh, I don't know. It's kind of hokey. Like, it's kind of corny. Like, the beach is nice, but it's a lot. It's a lot of white linen. Yes. It's a lot of, you know, it's it's too much for me. Um, have you, your parents came to the U.S. decades ago from Cuba, right? Yeah, they came in the um, like mid 70s. Okay, and have you ever been to Cuba? Yeah, I went for my parents, you know, they left and they never went back until recently. But like, my parents were like, we're never going back. We never want you to go. And then I convinced my mom. um, I was like, I want to go on my honeymoon where you went on your honeymoon. And uh, she was like, fine. And so... (laughs) Um, I went and it was incredible. Like really? I went, yeah, in 2016 and, um, I got to meet family that I'd never met before. Oh my God. I got to, um, you know, I got to see the actual, like all my family still lives in the same place that they lived where my parents left. So I got to see their house. I got to meet cousins. I got to find out that my mom has told my family that I'm a journalist and not a comedian, uh, which really hurt my feelings. <laughs> of course. I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, your mom says you're a journalist. And I'm like, what? No, I didn't even uh, ever, <laughs> even consider this. And then I was like, mom, you told our family that, we're, that I'm a comedian. She's like, being a comedian is kind of trashy. Like it's kind of like a low class thing in Latin culture. And I was like, Jesus, I like help pay your bills. <laughs> you know, with like comedy. It's so I, insulting. It's so insulting. Um, I just, you know, it was so, it was so amazing. Um, 
it's just an incredible i don't have you ever been there no i would love to go i, I i'm sure it would be an incredible experience is it is it difficult to get there or is it now pretty um, easy well, it changes all the time, and I think Trump made it hard to go there again, and I think mm. it might be easier to go there again. Um, all the rules with Cuba always, they change, like, all the time. But I went in, like, 2015 when it was kind of easy. It was, like, the easiest to, to go. Like, right. I went to Cuba the week before Obama went to Cuba, and it was so funny because... It was like watching a whole country clean up the house for Thanksgiving. <laughs> like it was like everyone was like cleaning stuff, like stuff that had been like broken down for years. They were like, my aunt lives behind the baseball stadium, like in the alley behind the baseball stadium. There was like 200 Cubans painting it blue at the same time. Like they were like, yeah, we got to do this before the Rolling Stones and Obama comes. And uh, like my I relate to all of those people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My cousin kept on saying, gracias, Obama, because they were like fixing the roads. They were like fixing all this <laughs> stuff just to like, you know, make it appear like things were better than they actually were. Um, but it's a really I've traveled a lot um, in my life. And um I've just, it's one of those places that it's unlike any other place. It's, right. um, it's, you know, it's just, it's, uh, of course it is. Cause there's a, you know, there's an embargo and there's all these circumstances that make it, um, with the embargo, they can't really get new supply new stuff there all the time. So they're driving cars from the fifties. That part of it's so fascinating. Just like all of the cars are like brand new fifties cars. Right. I mean, like they're very well kept. Old They're cars. very well kept, and like my my cousins restored this. Like he has an orange, like this beautiful orange. I think it's like a Ford Fairlane or something. And I'm like, wow. And he's like, this color. He's like, I uh, I traded some stuff with the guy who paints the 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 fire trucks, and I gave this guy a couch who paints the school buses yellow. And so I made this orange color. And he like opened the hood, and he's like. Uh, this is all held together by a bed frame. Um, there's a telephone wire that he was using to like all this stuff. And it's like pure, incredible ingenuity. Like it is like just they're so creative. And, you know, it's it's really heartbreaking because at the same time, my cousins, um, they had like a shower curtain and the rod was cut together hula hoops. Like no a, a hoop that was cut and like stuffed and straightened and stuff. And that type of thing is heartbreaking. And at the same time, um, it's genius. And so just making do with what they have and we help them as much as we can from here and stuff. But it's just like an incredible culture um, and very incredible people. And I was like, dude, I was like, this car is amazing. And I never thought of this. And my uncle and my cousin was like, fuck off. We had this, we've had the same car for 60 years. <laughs> like no one wants to drive one of these fucked up, stupid old cars that are MacGyvered <laughs> together while like American tourists go and they're like, it's the what coolest a novelty. thing. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, it's fun for you. You get to go home, asshole. We have to, we have to keep this car going with, like a dream and some duct tape um but it's a really cool place it's very complicated and it's um i was lucky enough to go there and not get you know when you're a tourist it's a very different situation and mm -hmm. i got to go and and see family and kind of get the real low down and um and uh, it just gave me so much pride uh to be i've always been proud to be cuban but to like just the sheer grit and determination of these people and the, my family on my dad's side there's kind of like 
these Cuban Royal Tenenbaums kind of where they're all like there's like these two virtuoso violin players and there's two doctors and they've always I don't come from like a, a rich Cuban family like some people that left before the revolution I come from like a very poor Cuban family and like you know my dad was a was homeless as a kid and all this stuff and they're just like these really bright creative um people it, it was probably you know probably the coolest experience of my life to go to Cuba and then I went back a couple of years later with my mom um and that was awesome to see my mom go back to the old neighborhood and still have her same like Don Rickles type attitude she'd be like hey there's the fat lady hey fat lady remember me and I'm like mom you haven't been here in over 40 years and you're making fun of this woman for her weight she's like ah and the lady's like and uh it was like oh watching my god it, it was really wild because I mean, you know, the, uh, at least on, in these couple of blocks in this neighborhood on the outskirts of Havana, the people have stayed have all kind of stayed friends or all kind of live in the same neighborhood. So they all like the, there's some guy stopped me on the street and was like, are you Andres's son? And I was like, hey, Andres. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, you look exactly like oh, him. And I was like, my what? heart. And they're like, That's there's, there's Andres's sons here. And they're like, and they all had nicknames for him. And they told me this really funny story that when my dad, uh, when he was um, a young guy and he was like trying to pick up ladies, he would do this thing where he would take a dollar and then he'd put a bunch of paper in between it and pretend he'd have like a huge <laughs> stack of money and he'd be Dallas like, hey. in cologne. <laughs> yeah. And he'd be like, hey, do you want to go out tonight? And I'm like, that's insane. That's, that's insane. a great like, trick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not going to last. I mean, it's uh, going to be discovered pretty quickly. Yeah, but uh, right up top. For the know, initial hook, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. And then you're like, well, okay. But yeah, it was, uh, it's a really cool, really cool experience. And was your mom reluctant to go initially? Yeah, my parents had, had such a tough time there. Um, and they were there for a pretty brutal time in Cuban history that they... Um, both my mom and dad refused to ever go back. And, uh, you know, my dad passed away a couple of years ago and his dying wish was to have his um, ashes scattered in Cuba. And uh, right. my mom was still like, nah, I'm not going to do it. And then it took a little bit of me like pestering and like mental gymnastics <laughs> where um, eventually I asked my mom, I was like, what are we going to do with your um, body when you die? And she was like, I want to be donated to science. And uh, me and my sister were like, <laughs> No, we're thinking we'll probably cremate you. And she's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, mom. She's like, no, I want to be, I want to be donated to science. And uh, my mom's also very gross. So she was like, I want to be donated to science. Everything but my little thing. That's for your dad. Like she, my mom's nasty. My mom's like a nasty. She's like, this woman so much. she's very religious, but she's also very dirty. And so, and she still says stuff like that. Um, <laughs> and she's like, I had a dream about your dad last night. I, I can't tell you anything about it. You wouldn't like it. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> um but uh yeah so we i kind of talked my mom into it and she was like okay i understand if it was your dad's dying wish uh, and so we went there and uh it was so cool like my mom showed me around she showed me this hallway where she pretended to faint so my dad who she was trying to court would like help oh her out God. your parents are the most romantic people in the world <laughs> 
I think they really are. They really loved each other um, and apparently really loved having sex with each other. But like they, which I, I've given up being grossed out by it. And I'm like, that's cool. Can you I imagine 53 years into this? And she, my mom's always like, I lost my virginity to your dad. I'm like, yes, I know. I don't need to be reminded of it. She was like, I was a senorita. I was like, that doesn't matter. Um, but they, uh, you know, they had something for each other. And, uh, you know, it, it's kind of kind of gross to think about but at the same time it's also kind of grosser to think about your parents just being roommates and never having sex <laughs> right just a completely years. cold joyless nightmare after <laughs> yeah, getting yeah <laughs> no i'm happy for both of them what a lovely thing to have happened <laughs> thank you now while you were in cuba did you smell any babies i didn't smell any babies mm, at all okay <laughs> but i didn't get i you know no baby it didn't really stand out to me like i especially i definitely did not smell any royal violets you usually smell uh the cars the petrol there's <laughs> sugar coffee cigars and uh gasoline that's what you mostly smell so that's covering up whatever baby smell there is yeah, and I feel like you would, like, if you had smelled a baby with this on it, you would have a, an absolutely clear memory of that happening in Cuba. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's, I mean, it is extremely powerful. I don't think that this should, I now smelling it for the second time, I don't think this it should be anywhere near a baby. <laughs> this is a poison. <laughs> this is like, I, I yeah, will that let my mom pure know. Alcohol. Yeah, it is pure alcohol. It's crazy. Um, Chris, I think it's time to play a game. Great. Let's play a game called Gift Master. I need a number between one and ten from you. Nine. Okay, I have to do some light calculating. I have to go get our game pieces. Right now you can promote something, recommend something, do whatever you want with the mic. I'll be right back. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> I guess I could promote uh, my new podcast, which is called Finding Raffi, which is all about the children's singer Raffi. And uh, it's a really cool deep dive into his life and his career. And it's really fun. I don't know if you listened to Rafi as a kid or if you're uh, anyone else out there as a parent, but I got to sit down with Rafi over multiple conversations and talk to him and some of the closest people in his life um, and uh, other sorts of people and experts about Rafi. And it's been a really nice experience. Perfect advertisement. That sounds <laughs> fantastic. Did you listen to Rafi growing up? I didn't, but I'm very curious about who he is as a person, and it's that whole phenomenon is kind of fascinating to me. Yeah, I hadn't heard him either until um, we had a baby, and then uh, he's he's written some pretty good bangers, like Baby Beluga and Banana Phone, but getting <laughs> to know him, it's been really cool. He's almost like a Mr. Rogers-like um, person. How did, you, how did you get involved with that? Well, I had another podcast called Scattered um, about taking my dad's ashes back to Cuba with my mom. And um, someone, I, people would approach me to host other podcasts. And um, these folks who had done this podcast called Finding Fred about Mr. Rogers that was nominated for a Peabody, it was really great, asked me if I would be interested in hosting a podcast about Rafi. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've just heard about Rafi for the first time. And so I like went for it. And now I'd have to say I'm probably a, probably a leading expert in all things Rafi. Like I would say <laughs> my producers and I probably know more about Rafi uh, than anyone other than Rafi or his very dear friends. Oh, but. That's incredible. Well, listener, go listen to that podcast. That sounds wonderful. You've enjoyed Chris up until now. Continue. Continue enjoying Chris's podcast. Chris, that said, it's time to play the game. This is called Gift Master. I'll tell you how this works. 
I'm going to name three things you can give as gifts, three objects, experiences, whatever. And then I'm going to name three celebrities, three famous people, and you're going to tell me which gift you will give which celebrity and why. Does that make sense? Perfect sense. Okay, these are the gifts you'll be giving today. First gift you'll be giving, this is an interesting gift. It's Salt on DVD. Now, Salt was, I've never seen this movie. I believe it was an Angelina Jolie vehicle where she played someone named Salt or something. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> probably within the last 15 years. I think she, she had like a blonde wig and was probably a spy or something. But that would be on DVD. Angelina Jolie <laughs> as on DVD. <laughs> Mrs. Salt or whatever the hell. Okay, number two, you're going to be giving the person their own master class. So they would be, you know, have one of these master classes, which are all the rage. And finally, uh, a clone. So the person will receive a clone of themselves, if that makes any sense at all. Wow. And so the people you'll be giving them to are number one is D'Angelo, R&B icon D'Angelo. Number two, Dido. Now, <laughs> Dido, I can barely visualize what she looks like in my mind. I'm hearing the White Flag song. That's a, but only basically through Eminem, but that's fine. Uh, and number three is Ray Romano. Oh my gosh. So what will you be giving who and why? Okay, I think, I mean, the clone would have to be D'Angelo. I think the world would become twice as beautiful and sexy with two D'Angelos. <laughs> I would watch that go down. I think that would just be <laughs> fantastic to have. To D'Angelo. I mean, that, I didn't have to think about that one. So <laughs> I think that's, I mean, the abs are just multiplying. Uh, suddenly we have a, another D'Angelo to make music. I don't think there's any downside to that. Yeah, one to sing, one to nod his head along to. I don't know. It's just uh, two <laughs> D'Angelos. That's, that's a piece of cake. Um, <laughs> um, Dido, I also can't, I just hear kind of a whisk, uh, like a, she's a wisp and there's a voice. And then there's a whole... <laughs> Hmm, I would, uh, let's see, I think I would have to give her the Salt DVD um, because I feel like she's from that same era. Like she was at <laughs> maybe really around, kind of at her peak when Salt came out, even though I don't know what year Salt <laughs> came out. I'm going to, can I cheat and look this? Of course. I mean, okay. I gave you so few details. I don't know how I ended up putting Salt on DVD on this list in the first place. Uh but just the fact that both of us have such vague memories of either of these, this person or this object, kind of lines up as far as gift giving goes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, 2010? 2010. No way! Angelina Jolie is salt. I mean, it's really first thought, but I really thought it was like a cooking docu documentary, or maybe it probably <laughs> is one, or that she was a chef or something, but she really looked like some sort of uh, Eastern European spy. Now I want to look it up. Let's see. <laughs> no blonde wig. Oh, actually, it looks like she looks like she has a lot of wigs. She has a black wig and a blonde wig. So I wonder if salt is when she puts on the blonde wig. <laughs> that could be if it. that's true, that's the reason yeah. none of us remembers the movie. Yeah, she was pepper and now <laughs> she's salt. Um, so oh, no. I looked up Dido, and the first thing it says is, whatever happened to Dido? And oh, that's so, never a good sign for a career. She married novelist Ro Rowan Gavin in 2010. So this retro retroactively would be a perfect wedding gift for her and <laughs> Rowan. This DVD that came out in 2010, her and Rowan <laughs> could just hang out. 
and enjoy their domesticity and watch this um, DVD. And then, of course, the master class would have to go to Ray Romano. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what he would teach, but uh, I, I, I mean, I wish it was actually for Ray Barone, which I don't even know why I know his <laughs> last name because I, I don't think I ever really watched the show, but I feel like Ray Barone, the character... I would like, or maybe, you know, he could decide to do with this gift with whatever he wants, but him as Ray, just be like, ma, or whatever he does, just, <laughs> he would just teach people to impersonate himself. Maybe that could be the master class <laughs> or how to prolong his career. Like he's really he's done, done a bang up job. He's done um, a, I mean, he's constantly in things that are not embarrassing. He seems to know what he's doing. And would you say that Ray Romano has gotten more handsome oh from my his God. days as Ray Barone? He's a much better looking man than he was on the sitcom. Isn't I mean, he's crazy? aged into this kind of just kind of salt and pepper. It's a good look for him. Yeah, I think he looks great. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, maybe a master class on just becoming and, you know, aging as a man. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I think that's great. I think that would be very helpful. Beautifully played. I think that that's excellent. I I don't disagree with any of those choices, and uh, hopefully at some point we'll have another D'Angelo running around. I just love that I'm going to have a document open in my computer that I'm going to find in like two years that says Salt DVD Masterclass Clone (laughs) D'Angelo Dido and Ray Romano. Like some some memento uh... type situation that suddenly (laughs) you're like going through your past. You've been accused of a crime, and those will be your only three clues. Chris, this is the final segment of the podcast. It's called I Said No Emails. People write into I Said No Gifts at gmail.com. Every one of these people assumes that I'm going to be able to help them with their problems, with their social problems, with their gift giving issues. And I guess the assumption is correct because I, I do it every podcast. So <laughs> will you help me with a question? Of course. Okay, let me read this one. Let's see. It says. Hello, Bridger and guest. I am writing for advice on what to get my boyfriend for our upcoming 10-year anniversary this spring. Around the time of our anniversary, I will be completing a stressful career milestone, and we will both be preparing to move across the country together, that's in parentheses, the together, which we are both very anxious about. I want to give him a gift that will help make the anniversary special despite everything that will be going on. However, While I don't ever have any money, I am especially broke right now. My boyfriend always gives me the most thoughtful and beautiful gifts, including a treasure hunt for my birthday, with meaningful gifts hidden at every new clue and a homemade music video, while I give him cash in modest amounts. In my defense, he is difficult (laughs) to shop for and always knows what he wants and buys it for himself. Okay, we're still not done. Could you please recommend the perfect gift for my situation? For some more context, our favorite shared activities are playing video games, going on walks, and being passive aggressive. Thank you very much. And that's just signed simply E. E, okay. Just from this situation right here, E, I'm just going to tell you that I think that the boyfriend is going to leave you. I don't think there's any reason to get him a gift. It seems like you're doing a horrible job in this relationship. You have excuses. You're just giving him modest amounts of cash as gifts. Uh, And the only things you like to do are play video games and go on walks. This guy has got every excuse in the world to just walk out the door. And he's going to be moving across the country, which you think you're doing together. As uh, you said in the parentheses there, I think he might have different plans. 
Chris, <laughs> what what are you thinking from this this email? Well, I was thinking since E gives um, his boyfriend uh, modest amounts of cash and they love video games and they're going cross country, it would be very sweet if if E planned a route to the East Coast or whatever coast they're moving to. And along that route, if they're driving, they could stop at um, like vintage arcades, right? And oh. then the gift, the gift would be different rolls of quarters that they could use to play at these arcades. I think that would be very lovely to go. That to is like a beautiful idea for a gift. arcade or whatever pinball place along the country. It would be very thoughtful if they, uh, you know, made a road trip around this and, you know, and they figured that ahead of time. Oh, I think that's an excellent gift. If he's not leaving her, which, or him, it's just an E. So we don't know, uh, who E is, but if the, boyfriend is not going to end the relationship i think that is perfect i mean i will say it's such an unbelievably thoughtful gift that the boyfriend is going to become suspicious because uh (laughs) e has been giving just uh, has been giving it i wouldn't even call a half effort e has been putting 10 percent energy into this relationship (laughs) and suddenly there's this thoughtful cross-country arcade tour that the boyfriend's going to (laughs) know something's up uh, and I think that that could lead to more problems. So, look, E, sure, Chris has given you li- literally the perfect idea. <laughs> I don't think you should take it. I think maybe bump up the cash gift by five dollars. Uh, maybe you, you know, you're probably going to be stopping at like a truck stop at some point on this trip. Uh, suggest a walk while you're there. Um, <laughs> And uh, I think that that's really all you have to do. I mean, and this is all, again, assuming the relationship hasn't ended by the time that this email has been read, because the the boyfriend has got two feet out the door. And E, I, you're lucky that it's gone on for this long. I, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Chris, I mean, Eve's very lucky you were here because I'm not happy with what's happening in this situation at all. And you were much more graceful. Yo, you were much more funny. I mean, I just thought that would be a... I love giving gifts. I thought that would be a sweet thing to do, but I think you're right. I think they're over. <laughs> they should just <laughs> go for a long walk at a truck stop. <laughs> I think you... I will say after however many episodes we've recorded of this podcast, you have thought of the... in truly a split second, the most thoughtful, lovely gift I've, I could have ever imagined. That's very impressive. Well, thank you. Uh, I mean, E, you're, you, you lucked out in the biggest way possible. I'm actually kind of mad about it. <laughs> Chris, we're not answering any more questions. I, I don't want to like, give you an opportunity to fail here. I mean, if I read another thing and then suddenly you expose yourself as someone who only takes people to arcades <laughs> and this was just a happy coincidence, I don't know. We're going to leave it there and just let you be a shining moment. Chris, I'm so excited to have my baby cologne. <laughs> well, I'm so excited for you to have it. I'm going to wear it on a night out on the town, kind of <laughs> nauseate friends, <laughs> nauseate my boyfriend. Uh, it, I could probably also kill bugs or something with this. Yeah, yeah, kill some bugs. <laughs> yeah, that'll be good. That'll be those poor bugs. Um, I've just had a terrific time with you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Bridger. I just have to say, uh, you crack me up so much online all the time. Oh, that it's you. such a pleasure to see you even over the screen and uh, laugh so hard in your presence. Uh, you're the best. Thank you so much for having me That's on. That's very sweet. The world is opening up and I pray to see you in person soon.
That would be wonderful. Listener, I, you know, maybe I'll see you at some point in person soon. It's, there's no telling. And I hope that it's on, you know, good terms. I hope you're not mad at me. I hope that you don't just show up to my home uninvited. Um, but, you know, keep all of that in mind. This is the end of the podcast. And so I'm going to let you go. Go do whatever you're doing. If, you know, you're, you know, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, maybe you were involved in some sort of criminal activity. I hope that's going well for you. I uh, encourage and support everything you do. I'm an enabler. Goodbye. I love you. I Said No Gifts is an Exactly Right production. It's produced and engineered by our dear friend, Annalise Nelson, and the theme song is by miracle worker Amy Mann. You must follow the show on Instagram at I Said No Gifts. That's where you're going to see pictures of all these wonderful gifts I'm getting. You have to see the gifts. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you found me. And why not leave a review while you're there? It's really the least you could do, considering everything I do for you. And if you're interested in advertising on the show, go to midroll.com slash ads. When I invited you here, I thought I made myself perfectly clear. When you're a guest in my home, 